Welcome to Dungeon Talk. Higher level learning for your tabletop games. And now, here's Evan and Michael. I'm going to have a mid-year D&D Acaticon. So what I want to do is basically take a weekend in February, try to get Val to take the kids to Kentucky, and just do a Saturday, Sunday, all-day role-playing thing here. So Don't make it in February because my new kid will be born. Gosh. So you have to do it like March or April or something. Well, but we did it earlier, like January. Well, it's going to be hard I'll for you. I'll be here. I'll be in New York. After uh, your kids are born, too. No, not true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get Why? Because <laughs> the kid will be in New York. I'll be here. Oh. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So once it's born, it's whatever. No. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, was, that's, I was like. Okay. My personal life is complicated. That's why. Okay, so so we'll move it in. We'll try to do it in March. But what I want to do is like even like Jared and his group, and I know Travis has a his girlfriend plays D and D, and she has a group that she plays with, and, and just have like a all day Saturday and Sunday, you know, four hour just like Gen Con, have four hours of role playing a game, then we'll watch maybe watch a movie and do a podcast, and then we'll play a magic tournament, and then we'll stay up late eating some bad food, and the next day we'll get up and we'll start all over. I just want to do Saturday and Sunday, one weekend D and D a catacon. It's a thing. And we'll have T-shirts made. I would love. I would love to do. I that. think it would be fantastic. I would, it would be. You need to pimp out the T-shirts. Like little... Okay, that was to say. So I am going to make T-shirts that say D and D Catacon. It's a thing because that was me. No, no, not those T-shirts. Well, I know, but then the, also I do have a. It's called basically it's a campaign. It's like a Kickstarter for T-shirts. Playing in that 4E game, something happened and just cracked me up, and I came up with a T-shirt idea. And I'm not saying that I'm the only person that's ever thought of it, but I did do Google, and I can't find a T-shirt that exists. And it basically is a black T-shirt that says, if you can read this, I failed my stealth check, which I think is hilarious. Say that again. <laughs> if you can read this, I failed my stealth check. And I have it set up on – it's called Teespring, which is a campaign for – for it's like a Kickstarter for uh, T-shirts. And – I need at least 25 people to pre-order, and if you do that, then the shirts will be made. They're only 13.50 each versus like Cafe Press, which I just bought one off Cafe Press. It was $27 plus shipping, so it's literally half the cost for the same shirt. So it's again, it's T E E S P R I N G Teespring.com/slash/D&D/Academy. Right now we have two pre-orders, which are me and Nico. Yeah. We need 23 more, or it doesn't happen. Which I've already got my shirt, but I paid paid twice as much for it. So we need twenty five people or twenty three more people to go in there and say I'll buy a t shirt. Thirteen. So is there? So there's only one pre order then on T Spring. Well, two. I pre ordered one you, off that too. So you're so, gonna have two. I'm gonna have two shirts. Oh, yeah. But I need twenty three more people. I've, I've been pimping it like I I've never asked for a retweet before. I've never sent anything on Twitter, and I sent like four things. I was like, please retweet this, and I got a couple. But I have a couple big. Big dogs that I'm really hoping, because I'm talking like millions of, of Twitter followers or hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers, but so far, none of those guys have retweeted it. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out to Caleb. Uh, he's known as Caleb G. He's one of the guys who's done a lot of articles for our website. He's agreed to run our D&D fan page off of Facebook. Uh, so far, we've already doubled the number of likes since he took over, so we went from one to two. <laughs> 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 but I still appreciate it because uh, there was that RPG listener survey that came out recently, and we didn't have enough uh, comments to, to kind of jump on the top 20 podcasts. Like, I was really hoping we'd get there, but we didn't. But when I read through the results, it said over 70% of the people who listen to podcasts that interact with the, the show prefer Facebook. That is the preferred method of interaction with the show. And we've had a Facebook page since the beginning, and I have never done anything with it. All I do is log on, and every time we post something, I, I copy it there just because you See, told me it'll help Google find it us. It does, but I didn't even – is the second like me, or is it somebody else? I, I don't know. It might be me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, like the Facebook page. Go to it. Try to – you know, because we've got like six people now that are on the forums fairly regularly. we got a bunch of people that are leaving comments on some of the shows, but we still don't have a strong interaction and I think, for whatever reason, Facebook is the preferred method. may not be for our listeners, but what are you going to do? Um, so another quick shout-out. Last time we did the podcast, we used a question. I had emailed it to myself, but I didn't include the guy's name, so I felt bad. So it was actually Jordan. He's the guy who sent in the last email that we talked about, Dynamic Fights. Again, all the questions that we've gotten so far are up on the forum. So if anybody would like to go ahead and kind of 
give their own opinion. We will include those opinions when we cover the questions. And we still have not yet got to 20 questions. We went through a period where we were getting all kinds of questions, and then it just kind of died off. So there's still that sort of open contest that once we get to 20 questions, I'm going to draw a random name from all the people who submitted questions, and they'll get some sort of D&D Academy swag. So if you have any questions for us that you'd want us to cover on the mailbag section, please go ahead and email those into podcast at dndacademy.com and or go to the forums and weigh in on the questions that have already been posted. I hope you roll a D20 for selections. This is 20 people. Of course. That, that, that was part that of the reason. Part? Okay. Yeah, that was part of the, the thought process. And then we have a question today from Jacob. <gasps> Message for you, sir. And this is a topic that we've sort of covered peripherally before, but I don't think we've ever dealt with it directly. If at least I don't remember. Maybe we did, so we'll recap it. But basically his question is, he's running a game. It's going well. He's got four players. But one player in particular basically only participates during combat. During the roleplay sections, he doesn't really seem to be engaged. Combat, he really gets into it. As soon as combat's over, he kind of sinks back to the, to the background. And if there's any way that we would suggest to try to draw him out more without singling him out or maybe embarrassing him or calling him out in front of the other group. There's, there's no need to call him out. It won't help. It will actually make him self-conscious and stop playing. The question I, the first question I have, and I know we cannot answer that, is what is his role-playing personality? Because maybe he's a quiet guy. Like, some people just like listening. If that's his personality in real life or maybe in the role-playing game. So it could be like a social thing. But, but I, sorry, go ahead. Evan. We were I was something. just going to say, what if I throw this out to you guys? Like, do you think that he needs to, do you think he should first assess, like, is this him having a good time? Like, is the the D? I'm assuming the DM's name is Jacob, right? And whatever this player is, we'll call him Philip. Okay. <laughs> if Philip is happy in the game, doing what he's doing, and Jordan or Jacob isn't, then do you think he needs to go about it, if or Philip do you think is, he needs to change if anything? If the player is happy, I don't think there's anything to do. I'm assuming the reason why Jacob wants to do something about it is because, and you see that's at the end, you're, you're, you're explaining a story or whatever, and you notice that everybody has said something, and then there's one guy that's either like looking at their cell phone, they look kind of bored, they're kind of like fidgety. That's when I try to engage people. And I'll say, hey, I, the easiest way to do it without singling them out is like, hey, what would you like to do in this situation? And he might just say, I want to sit in the background and just watch. But at least now you made him participate, actively say what he's doing, even that, even though that's probably what he's doing anyways, by not saying anything. Right. I think, kind of to your point, is it would it would depend to me, is is he just being quiet and maybe like flipping through the book and looking up feats or classes or reading stuff, or is he on his cell phone or his iPad? So it's a matter of him not being actively engaged versus being actively bored and like a distraction to everyone else because they're not participating. If they're just kind of quiet and doing their own thing, it wouldn't bother me as much. But if they're, you know, again, actively ignoring me or they're stacking their dice or when it becomes their turn, I have to say, Philip, you know, it's your turn. What do you want to do? I guess, do you think the question is coming from the DM? Yes. Uh, uh, Yeah, I know that. (laughs) Do you think that? Let me finish what I'm saying. Do you think the question is coming from the DM because... He is the the DM is going. I just really want to get him more involved for his sake. I think I can get him to have more fun. Yes, I, I think or, I, do, I do the same thing as a DM. If I see someone that's bored, it makes me want. It makes me self conscious and thinking, "Am I not doing a good job?" Or is him not participating actually a little bit distracting to the DM? Like the DM is. In a weird way, it's distracting of him doing nothing. Like the DM's going, why is he always sitting over there not and, doing and anything? And that could be, I think as a DM, again, I'm, I get self-conscious if I see someone that's not really participating. It makes me think I'm running a bad game. Sometimes and, people just have bad days. There's things at work. There's something that you're thinking about and you can't concentrate. I'm, I think we've all had a bad day that we just 
cannot concentrate in the, on the game because there's something else going on right. in our lives. And I, I think to your point, but, but I'm sure he wouldn't ask the question if it was just one game. Yeah, I think it's. I think based on the question, it's probably been for a while. But I think maybe Philip just likes the combat. Maybe he doesn't want to role play, but these are his friends, and he just wants to hang out with them. And it's like, okay, I think the combat's fun. I'll hang out in the basement for four hours, but. Maybe he doesn't want to role well, play. It, well, yeah, and I think that when we talked about this before, I think we kind of said this, is that the first thing that should happen is probably a discussion, a really polite, friendly discussion between those two of just saying, hey, do you want to be more involved? I, and I what? Wouldn't, I and, wouldn't approach it that way. Sorry, finish off and, and I'll say my... I guess the, this is the way I would approach it. I would say, do you want to be more involved, or are you happy with, the way the game is going now are you are you are you getting enough out of it by just participating in combat and you're happy and this is the game for you or do you want to be more involved can i is there what right. can, am i not given the game you want to play see, yeah that, at that point you're look if he is quiet but for social reasons because he doesn't feel comfortable expressing himself if you like go so direct at him he won't be able to answer it you just sat him down. He'll never come back because he'll be like, no, it's fine. And then he would just make an excuse and never come back because he's not conversational, right? If that's type of – because you have to realize some people that role play – If these guys are, are not friends, probably socially, not. But They're but not if very they're... socially adept. So, so, not all of them, but some people are not. So you have to be careful how you approach it. If, yeah, if you know him, you know what you – the DM will know what he can get away with. The way I would approach it in a not confrontational way would be like, hey, have you been having fun? And then if he says, yeah, it's awesome, and he feels genuine, that's it. He's cool. If he says, if he's not confrontational, he'll say, oh, yeah, it's cool. And then you'll know that something is missing. I would, ma- I would make Punch a survey. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of each game, I would pass out the survey <laughs> and ask each player to complete it. Anonymously. <laughs> Anonymously, yeah. So I guess what we're saying is... But I would number the back of the survey <laughs> so I know who... So what in reality, I guess there's two different situations or scenarios. One of them is he's bored, and the other one is it might be a social thing or he he might just be okay I mean, with well, things and be happy. Lots of complex um, things that could be going on. Depending on how well you know the person, if they truly are friends, I think you could have that conversation. Like, hey, I noticed that you're you're not not as involved. Am I running the game that you want? But maybe find out what it is about combat that he likes. Is it rolling dice and getting high numbers? If so, you could create social situations with the same social combat. Same social combat. Or if it's just he he likes damage. What do you mean by that? Like some people just like you know sort of like a luck thing. I like to roll d twenty. I like getting high numbers. I like the fact that everyone's watching me. When I roll and when it's high, we're all high-fiving each other and it's exciting. Is that what you mean by social combat? Yeah, well, if, if that's what he likes out of combat, then you could create a social situation where you're using skills and abilities sort of in a combat way. Okay, I need, okay. I need a charisma check. Roll your charisma. I got a natural 20 charisma. Yay! And, and you get yeah, that same like, visceral you know, reaction. It's like, like he's bluffing. He's like, roll wisdom and see if you can figure it out type of a thing. And right. you basically, social combat is, combat is there's going to be a lot of rolls. And there's an end result. Like you have to convince him of doing something, and you have to roll. So rather than role playing out and convincing me, roll your charisma and convince me. So you're still getting that visceral reaction, rolling dice and getting high numbers and people being excited. If that's what he's after, then you could find ways to make that into non-combat. But if it's literally just he likes combat, he likes tactics, he likes doing damage and using feats, and you know he likes knowing that the character he built is effective. It would be harder to do that, and, and maybe you just, you know, you understand that there's going to be parts of the game that are social, and you know, and if you're a really experienced DM, you could probably divide that up and have a situation where you split the party, and three people are negotiating with the duke, and, and he's actually guys. fighting the assassin right. that's about to attack the king. So you separate them out, and he's getting to do combat while they're getting to do social was, stuff, and you go back and forth each round to build the tension. I was I was going to kind of suggest that the only problem is when you split the party. Yeah, I end up, usually end up having more people that are bored because if you alternate it, it won't be an issue. But if it's like you have one guy go for ten minutes and another guy for, go for ten minutes, you have somebody be being bored for right. ten minutes. You'd have to split it back and forth quicker than that, I think, to keep so it going. So I, I think a lot of a lot of times, I think DMing is about interacting with people in a proper way it's kind of like management and maybe that's why i see it that way you really have to manage the table in terms of engaging people empowering people 
leaving people alone if they want to be left alone. I think there's a lot of that that DMs do, successful DMs do subconsciously almost, because they'll just... I don't think you ever say, who's bored on this table? Oh, it's Nico. Let me say something to him. You, you just, you're doing your thing, and you're just like, Nico, what do you think? You know, you'll bring me in. You'll just pull me in, literally, by saying, what does your character want to do? Or he'll say, somebody comes up to you and says this. Like, you just automatically will come up with something that will help them out. The reason why I was saying in the beginning, like, to have a dialogue with him was just so that you're, so that this, so that Jacob isn't searching down a solution to a problem that he doesn't really need to try and fix. Oh, no, I, I understand that. I think, and again, if they're really good friends, right, it's like if Michael, I think Michael would feel comfortable enough to come to me and say, hey. I hate you. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Or call me a dick. I, I'm, I'm tired of the accent. I know it's a joke, but really, I want you to use your true Texas, Texas, a, your Texas, Texas accent. accent. <laughs> Let it go. It's it's been it's, for the it's been two years. For the we get it. You're a good role player. <laughs> I've come I've come here to play and been completely checked out, and I, and you've and we've talked about it. Right. You know, we've been playing consistently for like a, maybe a year. I think we started up last summer again. We started the the, the website last August or July. So we had been playing for some time before that. Yeah. So a year and a half. With but some, we did have I, some breaks with my brain surgery yeah. and shit. But, and there's been some, there's been times in, in there where weird stuff has gone on in both of our lives, and I've come and just been completely checked out and been quiet and silent. And it, I don't think that it's a normal uh, thing for me at the table. So you probably notice it when I'm when it's there and when it's happening. I usually ask you about it. I'll like the next couple of days that go by I'm like, "Hey, I yeah, you're you were real kind of, nosy." I am. I'll be like, hey, you're, "You're kind of quiet <laughs> at the table. Uh, what's going on?" No. Yeah, and I I'll always just to tell you why. Yeah. Like, "Oh, well, you know, this has been going on and and that's that's great." So, I'm assuming that because he's asking us this question, his relationship with this person is a little bit different. Maybe that they're not really friends outside of the game. Maybe this is just somebody who's coming to his weekly game that once the game's over, he doesn't feel... Because after every game, you go, so what'd you guys think? And all four of us go, all right. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. So <laughs> in order, if you really want to get some feedback, you have to go like one-on-one yeah. with somebody. I, I, think, I think it's fine to... I don't think you're singling someone out in a negative way i know you run the risk of them taking it differently i see your point again this was for the people that are socially awkward and might not even know that they're socially awkward right i think it comes down to that conversation we had last time about are you challenging the player or the character is this is a is this a situation that requires an in-game solution or an out-of-game solution is it the way i'm running the game that i'm not engaging you or is it socially as a player are you not enjoying the game? I, I think that's the two different ways you could approach it. Either design a game differently that draws him into the game or just ask him as a friend, as a social person, hey, I noticed you're being kind of quiet. You know, is there a reason why? Is there something I'm doing in the game that you don't like? Would you prefer more, prefer more or less combat? And I just think depending on their personalities and their relationship. And I also I kind of get the feeling Jacob's probably a new DM. Probably that's why he's asking the question. And he probably feels like, he's doing something wrong because why isn't this person as excited as everyone else? Maybe as a DM, I'm not doing something and he's looking for like techniques on how to draw people out. And I don't know, I don't know if that's the solution other than maybe trying to make social combat. If it's really the combat he's after, then maybe a social combat encounter would, would help. How many of those can you have though? You can't have three of them every game. Yeah. It's a balance. You know, you're gonna have some people that just love to role play uh, we've done that before where we pretty much didn't almost really didn't have a battle all night and some people i'm sure really liked that and there are other people that were kind of like hey why didn't, why didn't we fight tonight so it's kind of a balance you know you need to do a little bit of stuff for everybody and and i think don't take one session as the the whole game but overall three or four sessions did you have enough combat did you have enough role playing did everyone seem to have a good time most of the time and then I think you're running a good game. But and then at the end of the day, if you if you're trying to balance everything out and make it even for everybody at the table, and it just turns out that he's just gonna really enjoy combat and kind of sit back during the other times, then that's okay. Yep. Yeah, if he's perfectly happy and it doesn't make it awkward for other people, there's right. no reason to address it. The only I guess the thing I would consider too is 
but is he instigating combat just to get into combat when it doesn't make sense? Like everybody's yeah, role playing out this that. really tense negotiation. And he's like, he's I, like I stab him. Because he just wants to get into combat. But I don't – the tone of the question, I don't think that's what's happening. So but that would be a, a consideration. Because at that point, he's kind of screwing the game up, which goes back to my early argument it's between an me and Jared out. is I would then kill your character because you're making my life difficult. But he will make a different character that will do the same, same thing. Same thing, yeah. Uh, if that was the case, and that's not how you want the, your game to be, that's when you have to say, sorry, but you can't play with us because we're not in the same page. Or which explain, really sucks to do, yeah. but – or just explain, this is the type of game I want to run. You know, maybe this isn't the type of game you want to play in. Yeah. You're off the island. Exactly. Even though Michael doesn't want to get people, get rid of people. I know. You've done it, though, when you had to. Yeah. Well, in a very nice Have you ever way. had to tell somebody, I, you, <laughs> you can't come back? Have you ever had to? I've never you actually. did it in a very light way. Yeah. I, uh. And again, this is getting very psychologically. I was that fat kid in school who got picked on and who was never included in anything. And D&D was sort of my escape with my really good friends. And there's a part of me that still feels that way. And there's certain people that I've played with that I see what I used to be in them. And I don't want to be the guy that says, no, you can't play. But there are people sometimes that I think have hurt my game and I don't have fun running anymore. So generally what happens is I'll just stop playing that game. Like, hey, I'm not, I'm not having fun. I'll dissolve the game. So he does it gently, and then he'll start. And then it. I'll reform a new game, and I will specifically invite the people that I want to play that I think add to the game and, and make it more fun. Because, again, at the end of the day, if I'm not having fun running, why am I doing this? Yeah. So if I have a player that's, you know, if it was one person, I guess maybe I should have that conversation. But the last couple of times it's happened, it's been more the group. I just didn't feel like the group was playing in a way that, that I enjoyed running, and I just wasn't having Sometimes fun. Sometimes you can have a bunch of really good players. It's just their personalities don't match very well, so you can't have a proper game. Yeah. Or the game that I like to run, which right. is not standard D&D from what I understand it to be. I mean, I think, I think I'm further story than most DMs. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not combat. I, just, I really get more into the story than into the other stuff. So. Do you, since we have some time, do you want to discuss – DMs taking criticism from players and how to handle that. I think that will be an interesting topic. I don't know if you guys have covered that before. Well, I, you I don't. You, no, well, you kind of brought it up is that after every game, I usually say, what did you guys think? Did you guys have fun? And I almost yeah. never get someone to actually give me any substantial feedback, good or negative. It's well, just sort of a... I can tell, uh, you, I can tell you In the driveway, we all stop and Because <laughs> I'm not there? Right, and we're like, man, that sucked. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't say that, because now he's going to be self-conscious. He's going to yeah. go to the... He'll be, you'll see him in the curtains <laughs> next time. <laughs> well, he, he has one good ear, so you won't be able yeah. to hear. Somebody will turn around, the curtain will <laughs> yeah. go like this. I'll just sneak, I'll put my phone on top of the car hood, turn you know it on. this? Um, for me, I'm not going to speak for anyone else. You know how, like, when you go and watch a movie that you kind of know what it's about, you come out and immediately you're not sure if you really like it. All the time. Are, like, you know if a movie was, like, spectacular, you're like, oh, my God, this was, like, amazing. But sometimes you need a little bit of time to digest. You ask right when the game ends, so I'm not sure yet how I feel about the game. I'm doing that with a video game right now that I'm playing. I can't figure out whether I like... I can't stop playing it, but I can't Which figure out whether it? it's a good game or not. Which game is that? Um, Super Meat Boy. Oh, I haven't played it. Never even heard of it. So, yeah, sometimes you need some time. I also think it's human nature to not speak badly about people. Like, if you had a horrible, horrible game, and I was like, there's nothing you can do to fix it, I wouldn't tell you. I, I, I'm being honest with you right now. If you had a horrible game that I hated... I feel like I would. I, I, I yeah. Would, yeah, I even probably would, but it's, it's a personality thing, right? It's like, I wouldn't tell you. Because I would be like, I played enough games that I can just say you had either a bad idea or a bad day. And sometimes you can have a bad idea Couple for your entire game, yeah. and the game dies. But that happens naturally. People just don't want to play it. Yeah, and then people jump off of thousand foot tall cliffs and kill their character five minutes in and then we don't play that game that was a that was a lesson learned in character concept yeah don't i i mean that was honest you know i went in playing a uh a very depressed (laughs) you know why pick that to begin with right but i was like you know i i was new i'm new to role playing i was like maybe this is an idea something different 
this could be fun. So right. this was this depressed character that had very little to live for, and and Suicidal then tendencies. <laughs> and then in the first game he was dead, and that was and that was a lesson learned on my See, part. I, like, don't. Well, oh, yeah. I think a lesson learned as much for me though in that. If that's if that's kind of where I came up with the idea of maybe doing the characters for you, because I saw that whole opening scene as like a prologue. Like to me, I didn't necessarily really want to role play that out. It was supposed to just be really kind of quick. Like you're you're in the safe environment, bam! Now you're not, and let's start playing. So I I was just really trying to get you to the part where the game started, and you guys got stuck in the middle. And you were making these decisions. I'm like, why are they doing this? And like, and I was scrambling trying to make it I interesting. Really enjoy that game, actually. I thought it was a good idea. I I feel like in that game, right in the beginning, you're talking about where we just were outside the walls of the city. We realize we'll be alone. We have no skills except for the elves, and the elves elves don't like us. I think in that moment, there's something was happening that's happened a couple times in your in you running that we've and you've brought it up yourself before, which is there's something you're putting out there that you are going, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they seeing this? That I'm putting this out there. They should be going in this direction, but they're not seeing it. And why aren't they moving forward the way I want them to? And we're sitting, we're kind of on the other side of the table, not really sure where to go, not really sure what to do. And and you're over there going, why aren't they seeing this? I put, you know, kind of, it was the same thing with um, the time traveling tower, uh, I can't remember what part of that, what part of the game was happening at the, but the same thing was happening in some right. part in so that. So in game. my mind, you're in a room with an open door, and we're you guys are looking door. under the curtains or looking behind yeah. the pictures. I'm like, See? there's a fucking door. <laughs> Go yeah. through it. And you're like, no, there could be something behind this painting. Here's here's one of my tricks. I like writing a lot of notes during my game. Yep. And one of my tricks is because I write a lot of notes, I know there's times I can write things to push people. So I'll be like, I don't want to say to tell anybody you need to go through the door, but I want to say you think you hear something outside the door. Because what are they going to do? When you give it out to your player, they're going to act on it. Or they're going to store it in their head, and then at some point when it makes sense, it's like, I think I heard something outside the door about three minutes ago. So that forces them to go. That's why I send a lot of messages, I think, in general to other players, because I want people... It's kind of like being a puppet master in, in, in a way. It's like I want people to have things like in real life. You might hear something that I don't hear and you might Probably react on it. Well, <laughs> that's in your case. But you know what I mean? Like you might say, I think I saw something, but because I'm not looking that way, I, I'm not going to react. Now, if I say it out loud, if I say, you see something over there, everyone will know and look. Right. But with messages, you're able to kind of uh, create more interaction with players because one player will know something that another player doesn't know. Right. Or maybe you'll say, everyone hears something, Mike sees something, and then suddenly says, what's that? And then both of you are like, oh, yeah, I heard something. It's like, no, I saw something. And then you can't right. I together. do like that you do a lot of notes. But for me, what, I, what I've come to realize, and, and I still I struggle, even though I know it's an opportunity, fixing it's hard, is I'm constantly trying to move the game to what I think is the next cool moment. And I really need to slow down and let you guys explore those moments in between. And I think that's, you guys seem to enjoy that more than just me pushing you to the next cool moment. I think it depends. Actually, I think Evan sometimes wants to go to the moment. I think sometimes, I think one of the frustrations you have with games is, let's just do something. Like, we've been talking about the same thing for about an hour. Sometimes. Not not always. And I don't just mean the the, the discussion. I'm saying it's it's, it's a personality thing, right? Some some people want action. Other people just want to explore. I I can see. I have lots of memories in my head of us ending uh, at 10 o'clock and you going, I really wanted you to get to this part. And being disappointed or kind of upset that it didn't happen. Yep. So So I'm trying with the new game. I'm really trying to be more like... You guys just kind of do your thing. And it can feel like unnatural pacing. Yeah. I think, see, I think I have the opposite problem. I think sometimes I leave. For me, the cool moment is what the players do. So I think sometimes in my games, you guys have the problem of I don't know which door to take because there's like 15 of them and I don't even have to take any of them. So I think in that perspective, our personalities or maybe the way we DM is so different in terms of. 
it's like uh, when you guys were in the cave in the game in the game that wasn't very successful. It was like for me, I was like, this is awesome. They can do anything they want to. And you guys said it, and I saw I picked it out right. But you guys said I don't know what to do. But in my head, it, it maybe it was like the whole the door is open, but you're not taking it. I was like in my head, I was like. They have prayers that they hear so they can choose any prayer they want to. I even had the list of like 25 different players, uh, prayers, so you guys can be like, oh, I want to go for that one because they said something in a certain way. Right. But from your perspective, you were lost and you voiced it. I didn't pick it up right. And I think that's why that game, again, this is happens to be an idea that I was like, this is going to be awesome because any, any, any session you can do anything you want to, because there's just so many options you have. And the, I also, the way I envisioned it is, again, theory versus practice. The way I envisioned it, I'm like, any choice they don't make, it affects things. Because I had uh, the bartender praying that, so there was, for the, the people haven't heard this, so there was some, this wizard power, basically, uh, wizards had all the power, and they were kind of like a dictatorship of wizards, in a way. And they would kill people that they didn't think complied, and all the magic was like hoarded by them. And one of the one of the prayers was the bartender was praying that they'll notice that his his kid has magical powers because the wizard had visited that place right after he went to the orphanage and burned it and he was like I don't want them to take my son right. so he was saying so the prayers literally said please don't let them notice my son and I wanted it that if you guys didn't do anything about that then his son would get taken away right. In theory, that was awesome in my head, but perhaps it was awesome in my head and nobody else's head. Right. That was a very, it was a weird game. Like, I can't really articulate what it was about that game, but it, I just didn't resonate with me. I didn't, right. I didn't, it didn't resonate with Evan. And one, one of the reasons why I brought this up about criticism from the DM side is what I noticed was this. We ran, I ran, I think, two or maybe three games. I think it was two or three. And then I noticed nobody wanted to play again. So I didn't push it. Like, I asked him, we're going to play my game. He's like, well, maybe not next, next week. And I think this is just Michael being gentle yeah. and, like, pushing it aside. And that's fine. But then when I wanted to run again, I noticed that Evan didn't want to play. So in your case, because Evan is a direct person, if he doesn't like something, he'll tell you. I asked him. I did wait after the Everyone overall left. game because I didn't want to put you in the spot with, like, five different people here. But, you know, if, obviously you don't want to force people to play a game they don't like. Because that sucks. Right. They're not going to have fun, so why force them? So in terms of DM criticism, we kind of have to be aware, and you will mess up. Yeah. And obviously some DMs are better than others. Well, I think everyone, like I said, everyone has a bad night. And you're talking about if the game was just terrible, you would tell me. I like to think that I'm a good enough reading of, of, of people that if I was having a really bad night, I'd probably know it. I probably know that I'm not playing. Like, there, and I, there, I may there, even stop and say, times, let's just stop and play there's Monopoly. There's been times that you thought that you were having a bad game and you weren't. Yes. Because, see, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm more critical about myself than I am of anybody else. So I'll think I'm doing worse than I actually am. And I don't know if that's a self-esteem thing or it's just like because role-playing is so fluid, sometimes it's hard to tell. It's kind of like... When you're in a relationship and the relationship ends, you look back and like, why did I do that? Or why did I like it to begin with? I think with role-playing, it's kind of the same. Like, Again, I think the pivotal point for me for the game that you guys didn't enjoy was you guys were lost. Now, were you lost because my plot didn't make sense? Were you lost because I didn't explain things correctly? Were you lost because the way I DM with this group compared to the previous group that you enjoyed role-playing with me, maybe that was the difference. You know, it's like sometimes you miss cues and you have to pay attention to it. But I think you also need to, I don't know, accept criticism so you can learn. Like, it's not like I was, like, ecstatic that Evan didn't like my game. And then I realized Michael didn't like my game either. I wasn't like, yes, that was awesome. I was like, wow, it kind of sucks. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad I know so I know what to not do. Right. And I think that's what I'm after at those each nines. Like, I don't necessarily expect you guys to – do a play-by-play breakdown of, well, this NPC, I didn't like their motivation. Or when you use that rule, I didn't like the way that you forced me to make that decision. I'm more about the overall feel. Did you have, was it a cool story? Did you get to have your cool moment? And, you know, would you like to see more of this or less of that? I'm I'm really looking for big-term feedback, like um, more combat, less combat, more politics, less politics, interesting monsters, battle was boring. 
And then if there's a specific thing that I do that you don't like, then I would prefer that to be like a one-off conversation. Like, hey, just so you know, I really didn't like the way you did this as sort of a side conversation. But the, right. at the end of the night, I'm just looking for big stuff like cool story, could have used more interaction. Or I'm not really digging the story right now, but I think if you added this, then I would like it more. Well, see, for me, I, I guess I would never do that because I would never comment about your game like that. Because I think in a way it's kind of like reading a book. I'd rather be surprised and not. It's like telling an author while you're reading the book. You know what? Um, I would like to have more combat than there's way too many names. Like kill some of the heroes because I can't keep track of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like you're bound by what has been written, and in the DM world, you're kind of bound by the DM. So I feel if I started saying, I, I wish there was the combat was a little bit longer or it was like little tweaks. I can see why you want that because that will let you self-correct a little bit. But at the same time, that I would feel like I'm taking away your fun because I'm like yeah. forcing you to say, you know what, I want combat every single game, which I don't. But you know what I mean? Like right. if I was telling you like, you can be too critical because that way, if, if from a management perspective, if I have somebody tell me every single time I made a mistake or even something slight that I did, it's like, today you won't smile when you came in. I'll be like, dude, what do you want me? I'm not perfect. Like, obviously, right. I'm not going to be able to do everything. So I, I will feel the same way from a DM perspective. If, if I, we all start criticizing all the little things, one, you'll be extremely self-conscious, and two, we'll probably disagree about the things we like and dislike. Right. I we can I, say the plot was good or not, but then maybe everyone would have liked a little bit more combat, or maybe the the creatures being a little bit harder to kill, and I will have like a little bit more social stuff, and then the combat to be more epic. Like, okay, what would you choose? You can't do both, right? I don't know. I mean, I don't think there is a good answer, but I, you know, part of its ego is I want to know if I did a good job because it makes right. me feel good. But at the same time, your book analogy, I don't want someone to put the book down and go, "This isn't the book for me." Because I do have the ability to make some changes, and I like—I right. really theory, like our group right now, so I don't want to screw it up. To lose them, yeah. I mean, in theory, when people keep role-playing with you, they like what you do. Really, that is the ultimate. Because I don't think any person will go to a game they don't like, like, four, like once a week for four weeks, like an entire month, and keep going. If the game starts sucking, they stop playing, right. or if they're Evan, they'll just let you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not picking on you. I, I, didn't, not, I really am not. Like, I'm not. I didn't bring not, any criticism no, no, up no, until you, after I'm not that even, one I'm not night. Even, you, I'm, not, I'm not even being passive aggressive. But you quote, came to me. No, I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not judging you or whatever. I, I'm just kind of. This is tongue in cheek. But you, it's like certain people you can count them telling you how things are, and you're one of those people. And it's not even just DM. It's just in general. Like, if you don't like something, you'll tell let people know, which I think is great because then you know what you have an issue with. Right. But do you think – so I guess the, the whole point that I start, the whole reason why I started this conversation was do you think as a DM you should seek criticism, ignore criticism? Like, how do you, how do you personally try to – do you try to improve through criticism? You oh, absolutely. Saying? And, and it goes back to me wanting to be a writer, if I haven't mentioned that yet. <laughs> it's like the third time. Yeah, is that if you're not open to criticism, then you're going to stagnate. But at the same time, I'm confident enough in the fact in my DM abilities that I'm not going to necessarily take every piece of criticism to heart and say, oh, well, I have to do more combat because Nico wants combat. But if I'm getting you know, two or three different people who say, you know, I would prefer more combat, okay, then, then maybe there's something there. So I'm not going to take any one person or any one piece of advice. Just and, the trend. Yeah, and, and change everything. That's why I'm more after over, you know, I want, I'm looking for more overall kind of big picture stuff. So I guess the advice I would give to anyone else is don't necessarily seek it out because it may make people uncomfortable, but be open to it. If someone does come to you and say, hey, I want to talk to you about the game, then there's Listen. probably something there's there. And, and, and don't necessarily don't go okay and change. But listen to what they say, think about what they said, and see if it makes sense. So, Evan, for you, being a new DM, you brought kind of like your idea of a game. Did you get criticism from anyone? Or was it all, I, th I think it was all positive, at least on the table. I don't, I don't really know. Um, I don't remember anyone saying really giving criticisms, and I don't think I asked a lot there was a lot i think there's a lot of times where like i'll talk to michael about stuff that i won't bring up to like we'll 
we'll discuss it in a phone call the next day or after the game or something. And there was lots of times where I would walk away from the game and go, that really didn't, I really didn't feel that. I really didn't think that was fun or I really didn't like how that went. And Michael would go, I had a great time. And I would be confused. I would sit back and go, really? Like what? I didn't get, I don't know. I, it, I think it's a well. Part of it, you understand my personality and the way I play. I can have fun in a bad game. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> well, I'm saying because of the way I like because the fun for me is probably different than a lot of other people. I think so. I don't know what statistically, but I, I feel like I'm kind of a weird guy when it comes to role playing. But again, you're running a fun game. But I guess but we would have dungeon talk conversations. We would have table topics where you would say, "How did you feel about how I ran this thing?" And I would say. I would have ran it differently or, you know, maybe think about this for next time. So I did give you some advice. It wasn't necessarily criticism as much as consider this for next time, or maybe this is an option that, you know, we could try a different methodology. Uh, we talked about the bluff check when I try to get out of the jail. Uh, some of the, co- like how, how we sort of use the, the civilians to help defense the city. And you wanted to do it like really in-depth hardcore. And I was like, you need to do it higher level because that's too much, Minutia. So I gave you advice throughout the the games, but not a lot of criticisms. I know most of the stuff we say, it always comes down, or it seems like it comes down to the same thing, which is it just it depends on the person. It depends on the player. It depends on the DM, and situations are different. And this, like every other situation or every other question or topic, is I, I it depends on the person. If it's hard because if you have a DM or a game that you're in that you may not be happy with or maybe you feel like you have some criticisms that can make the game better and maybe that person's not going to be open to taking them then that's really hard but then for me I think I'm the kind of person that like I don't even know if I want to if I don't know if I'll ever DM again like I feel like I kind of I like I got it out of my system and with those two, with the one story that I ran and then the half story that I ran, I was so nervous, I was so flustered, and I was so I was so worried about the other people's experiences you and whether fun, that it wasn't. I was so overcome with worry and fear about whether or not everybody was having fun and whether or not I was doing a good job that it almost wasn't fun for me, and it sucks because. I have ideas I for stories, and I think that I could run a one-shot maybe here and there and because I have little ideas for stuff like that. And I, do, I still have ideas for stories, but it just kind of sucks because I just don't feel like I could if, – if I'm not – like we say this all the time, it, you, it has to be fun on both sides. The DM has to have fun telling a story, and the players have to have fun – taking part in it and if both sides of the scale aren't even then the game as a whole is going to suffer and i don't know if your experience in my games at all suffered from my from me uh worrying so much and being so nervous and scared about how i was doing but it was so nerve-wracking for me and like i would i would lead up to games and this goes this is just a problem that i have that goes beyond D D. I would, but I would get so nervous and flustered leading up to a game that I would think about whether or not I was like I was going to cancel that game, whether or not I was going to come to that game, and we were going to do that game so, that week. But, but the thing that I would say, and I think I told you this before, is like well, you and I really weren't enjoying Nico's game for whatever reason. I still can't articulate it, but we just we weren't attached to those characters. We weren't attached to that game. So when we had a pause and Nico's like, hey, am I running again? I was like, no, I'll run. You know, I, I sort of, again, being the, try to be the nice Michael. I'm like, right. without confrontation, I'll steer the game back over. But I never did that with you. So every time you're like, you know, do you want me to run? I'm like, yes. So I was having fun in your game. I think everyone else was too because if we right. weren't, think- we would have done the same thing and we would have sort of just slowly phased it out. Right. And, and I'm not saying this to be nice or anything, but it's just I truly felt that way. It was obvious to me that you didn't have confidence in your DMing abilities. However, because you were new, I was a lot more open to things that perhaps 
because you didn't know the rules, because it was your first time DMing, because you needed some help, I think people are a lot more understanding, right? Oh, yeah. So I think you were judging yourself probably it was 10 me, times worse. It was me feeding the story did. and you guys feeding the rules. Because it's not like every single minute that you were DMing, I was like, oh, my God, it's the most amazing thing ever. But I was like, this is cool. It's interesting to see how you were learning how to DM basically while DMing. And I think, at least I hope that I was being helpful by kind of explaining the rules so that you can tell your story. Right. See, I uh, think what the reason I liked your game so much for me is the rules didn't get in the way. So I was able, it was more of a story game because you weren't like, okay, in this situation, I know you need to roll this and you need to roll this and this is what happens. It's more like, okay, you're in that situation. What do you want to do? do? And right. that's, that's what I love doing is storytelling and role playing. So I was fine with the rules sort of being off to the side and the story being the most controlled. And then you would just sort of like, you know, usually you just kind of make stuff up, which I do that now. And then when you got to a part where it really was, okay, this is a, this is where the rules need to come into play. You just ask us how to do it. Yeah. So I, I think it was fantastic. I think maybe in your game, I think maybe like I'm the kind of player that needs to be cl- I, I need to always be close to the sto- the progressing story, the story that's moving forward. And I don't want it to be completely linear. I want to have options, but I if if I spend too much time away from that um, forward moving story, then I get bored and I get because you felt like you weren't going anywhere. Because yeah, that was see what's interesting. Uh, let me bring this up because uh, now I'm curious. We play one of the games that we played. You guys went down the cave with the spider stuff that happened. Again, spiders, a lot of them. Spiders, in right? But what was interesting is you made a comment and you said you said that you liked the fact that I let you guys explore that cave. Even though I knew perfectly well, there was, aside from the spiders, and maybe things with the lake, which I had some ideas, depending on what you guys did if you went in the lake, that there wasn't really anything there. You said you enjoyed that part, but do you think that was part of the problem in the end because it felt like nothing actually took place? No, for me, I liked the first game more when we were in the cave. When I stopped liking it, we went outside. When you went outside and, and the, the prayer thing started happening, for whatever reason, I just didn't connect with that part of the story. I wasn't interested in pursuing it. I, again, I thought it was too too many options. Like like Evan, like I'm saying, I'm saying with video games, I don't necessarily like. You like having two or three options, but not twenty five. Right. I want to know this is kind of what I need to do, and I can either do it this way or this way, but I'm still going towards this goal. And you were like. You have you can go in any direction you want, and it was just overwhelming. Like I, I just yeah, felt that's and again I think my the focal point because you always said look back at your games and why they didn't work or why they didn't work, and I think the focal point is because I think I remember was, I think it was both of you that said I don't know what to, I should do, and it wasn't like in character; it was more like out of character. You guys were confused, and I think that was my mistake for not grabbing that th- idea and and then saying let me give them something to. Go forward to. I right. guess in my head, I thought I was making it clear, but obviously I wasn't. I think another thing, and, this and is, maybe it was just a concept to begin with. No, I don't think it's a concept. But the one of things I would argue to or, or discuss is if it was a solo game, like I was the only role playing, but maybe I had three NPCs, mm-hmm. then I would feel like I could make a decision. I kind of felt like it was going to be impossible to ever get all four of us in the same direction. Because too much. Because we all had the same sort of power. So Evan might want to go after the child. I might want to go after the daughter. This person might want to go after the evil priest. I think one of us needed to be like a leader or in charge. And I think that would have helped give direction because I just felt like, okay, I might even know what I want to do, but I'm not the type of player that's going to say, no, we're going to do it. And I think, I think there's just too many options because we had four times as many options because all of us had our own unlimited options or it felt like it. So really we had a hundred. Well, yeah, in my, see, this is interesting because in my, in my head, the prayers, you could all hear the same things. But I guess it's also human nature. You only focus on certain prayers. On the thing hear. that I hear, yeah. Right, so then it makes sense. So what were so, you going to say, Evan? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because you were trying to jump in, and I jumped on top of you. I don't remember. Because usually you interrupt me, so it <laughs> felt kind of nice to say shut up for a change. <laughs> no, um, but uh, what are you going to do? You remember <laughs> it? Start talking. I'm going to interrupt you again. 
So what I was going to say. Wait a minute. While he's thinking, <laughs> Evan can only talk if it's over top of one of us. Yeah. Well, I only get ideas when you're talking. Uh, okay, I'll keep talking and get and get some ideas. Uh, and, oh, I know. Okay, go ahead. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So, I guess the lesson learned there is giving options to players is great. Giving too many options to players overwhelms them so much they become paralyzed, which actually happens in people that right. work. And, and I may not be remembering a, it. God damn you! <laughs> There's a moment that I remember, and I don't know if 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 or why this is a pinnacle moment in the game. But I remember when we were coming out of the caves, I think, that we were in, and we went outside, and you were like, you hear all these prayers, but it, it almost hurts. Like, it's like it's confusing, and you're disoriented. And it, and so we went back in the cave, in the rock. And it stopped. And it stopped, and, th- and then we, like, and then we kind of did this thing where it was like, okay, we put one foot outside the cave. Do we hear any prayers? And you were like, yes. And then we put one foot in the We stepped back in the cave, and you were like, they're gone. And I remember thinking, like, yes, I'm really more. confused. Like, I, I, re- I remember thinking, like, okay, are, are we supposed to stay in this cave? Is he trying to tell us that we shouldn't go outside? Yeah, see, or it, so, it, so, again, it, it's a matter of explanation. For me, in my head, what I thought was this. Because you've never experienced this before, it's disoriented. It's kind of like if you actually go to a restaurant and you start paying attention to all the noises around you, it's overwhelming. But once you start understanding that if you just focus on one person talking, you can just hear them just fine. And there's just the background noise. Right. From a story element, we would so, eventually learn to control it. Right, exactly. But, but we was, had to start disoriented or we never would have had that, oh, that improvement. Yeah, control it. And the whole idea was the temple was the caves, which was basically a temple, was there to kind of allow you guys to have a bat cave. So I was like, it would be awesome if they have like a base. And it's like underground, they can do anything they want to, they can have training, they have food, they have water, everything is there, 100% self-sufficient, and then you guys can go out, save the day, and then go and hide again. Because the wizards will be going after you, right? Because they'll be like, who are these people? Because one of the things is the gods were going to start getting more power the more people prayed with them. And you, because you guys were helping people that were praying, suddenly they will believe in God more, right? That was the whole, that's kind of like the grand idea was like, Prayer helps the gods. If you guys help people who are praying, the gods get more powerful. You guys get more powerful. This is why there was a whole temple in the center with all the deities and all that stuff. So I was like, they're going to have a base. When they go outside, they can help the world. But when they're inside, it's like calm and safe. That was the idea. But obviously, I didn't communicate that. So, you know, when you're telling me that idea, it sounds cool. Playing it. Just didn't, didn't translate. Thought, yeah, see, that's this. That's kind of one of those things. Sometimes you have ideas and they just don't. Uh, Comes down to execution sometimes. Uh, yeah. And that one just, uh, you know, maybe that's something you revisit in a future game or future I don't group. Play that game. <laughs> <laughs> you can give us feedback and comments at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com, and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.